Hello, my name is Ho Jun Yoon. You're listening to Medicine on the Way. It is September 2013, and this is episode number 22. Today's topic is shock. In this episode, I'm going to give you very basic. About shock. If you want to know more about it, I want to direct you to other references or textbooks where details are discussed. Shock is a state of severe systemic reduction in tissue perfusion. Okay, tissue perfusion characterized by decreased cellular oxygen delivery and utilization. Decreased removal of waste products from metabolism. The mechanism of shock involves progressive tissue hypoxia, which leads to loss of cellular membrane integrity and reversion to a catabolic state of anaerobic metabolism. Then there is loss of energy-dependent ion pumps and chemical electrical gradients. Then mitochondrial energy production begins to fail, and multiple organ dysfunctions follows localized cellular death, and as a、uh, as a result, there is organism death. Shock is the final preterminal event in many diseases. The mortality rate is greater than fifty percent in cardiogenic shock, and more than thirty five percent in septic shock. I've read few references and textbooks, and it was very challenging for me to understand the pathophysiology of shock because there are different types of shocks. So I had to、um, organize all different types of shock, and I thought it was very helpful to understand shock with this equation. The equation is blood pressure equals to systemic vascular resistance times. Cardiac output. Now, I want to emphasize how critical to memorize this equation. It doesn't matter whether you're a medical student, physician assistant students, or nursing. It doesn't really matter. You have to memorize this equation. And let me repeat it: blood pressure equals to systemic vascular resistance times cardiac output. And cardiac output is defined as Heart rate times stroke volume. So cardiac output equals to heart rate times stroke volume. Then what is stroke volume? Stroke volume is the volume coming out of the heart per each contraction. So it equals to end diastolic volume minus end systolic volume. Okay, let me repeat it. Stroke volume equals to end diastolic volume minus end systolic volume. An interesting fact about these equations is when one component of the equation decreases, the other components either increases or changes to maintain the value. For instance,
in anaphylactic shock or neurogenic shock or septic shock, systemic vascular resistance decreases. So to maintain blood pressure, cardiac output has to increase. In hypovolemic shock, end diastolic volume decreases. So as a result, stroke volume decreases. So to maintain cardiac output, heart rate has to go up. There are four typical initial derangements in shock. First, vasodilation, which causes a decrease systemic vascular resistance. And in this case, we're talking about sepsis, anaphylaxis, drugs, or cervical cord lesions. Second, extremes of heart rate, which are bradycardia or tachycardia. Third, loss of preload volume, which causes decreased end diastolic volume. And in this case, we are talking about blood or fluid loss. Fourth, loss of contractility, which increases end systolic volume. And the most common cause is heart failure. These are the initial compensatory mechanism to the derangements that we just discussed. First, vasodilation with loss of systemic vascular resistance generally results in compensatory tachycardia and thirst. Despite of systemic tissue hypoxemia, the skin remains perfused and warm initially in this case. Second, if there is blood or fluid loss, this decreases end diastolic volume. There is reflex, which increases systemic vascular resistance, which also increased diastolic blood pressures. And pulse pressure becomes narrow. There is increase in sympathetic cholinergic tone, and patient becomes pale, thirsty, and cool in this case. If patients keep losing blood or fluid, then we have tachycardia and hypotension. Third, when contractility of the heart decreases, systemic vascular resistance increases to maintain blood pressure. Once these compensatory mechanisms fail, there is irreversible shock with irreversible cell death, leading to microcirculation plugging, free radical generation, and loss of autonomic regulation because of local nitric oxide vasodilator production. At this point, even with complete correction of blood volume, tissue function and organ functions are not restored, causing eventual death. There are four types of shock. Hypovolemic shock, cardiogenic shock, distributive shock, and obstructive shock. Hypovolemic shock is characterized by deranged end diastolic volume. To have reduced end diastolic volume, either blood or body fluid loss has to be present. Patients can lose 
blood by either traumatic or non-traumatic hemorrhages. In traumatic hemorrhages, we have exsanguination, hemothorax, hemoperitoneum, or fractures that usually involves femur or pelvis. In non-traumatic hemorrhages, we have GI bleeding such as melena, hematemesis, abdominal aortic rupture, which can be shown with pulsatile abdominal mass and demonstrated by ultrasound, and ectopic pregnancy rupture. Volume loss or body fluid loss can be resulted from burns, skin integrity loss such as Steven Johnson syndrome, vomiting, diarrhea, hyperosmolar state such as DKA, third spacing, for instance, ascites, and decreased fluid intake. Cardiogenic shock is virtually deranged and systolic volume. It can be caused by dysrhythmia such as bradycardia, blocks, or tachycardia, cardiomyopathy such as infarction, dilated cardiomyopathy, and mechanical uh, reasons such as ventricular aneurysm rupture, free wall ventricle rupture, or valvular, uh, valvular defects, for instance, aortic insufficiency from dissection or papillary muscle rupture from ischemia. The third type of shock is distributive shock, and this is characterized by deranged systemic vascular resistance. Under distributive shock, there are anaphylactic shock, characterized by angioedema, laryngeal edema with a strider, wheezing and hives, septic shock, drug-induced vasodilation, adrenal insufficiency, and neurogenic shock presented with paralysis, anesthesia, or loss of rectal tone. The fourth and our last type of shock is obstructive shock. This is usually a problem with stroke volume due to mechanical obstruction to preload. As examples, we have tension pneumothorax presented with deviated trachea and decreased unilateral lung sound, pericardial disease such as pericardial tamponade or constrictive pericarditis, massive pulmonary embolism uh, presented with right ventricular overload, and auto-peep from mechanical ventilation. Unfortunately, there is no single clinical or biological test to determine shock. In early stage of shock, clinical presentations include pale, cool, moist skin which reflects compensatory elevated systemic vascular resistance in hypovolemic and cardiogenic shock, narrow pulse pressure and increased anxiety, and blood shunting from non-essential uh, organs such as skin, gastrointestinal tract to the heart or the brain. In hypovolemic shock, we can categorize hemorrhage into four classes. In class 1 hemorrhage, where there is 10 to 15% drop in blood volume, which is equivalent to 750 milliliter, there is tachycardia. Respiratory rate and blood pressures are essentially unchanged 
in class two hemorrhage, there is twenty percent to twenty five percent drop in blood volume, which is about one liter to twelve fifty milliliter. Um, there is tachycardia and mild hypotensions and low pulse pressure. In class three hemorrhage, there is thirty to thirty five percent drop in blood volume, and that's about fifteen hundred to seven seventeen fifty milliliter. There is tachycardia, tachycardia, hypotension, narrowed pulse pressure, and decreased urine output. In class four hemorrhage, there is more than forty percent drop in blood volume. It is presented with cardiac arrest, severe shock, pulse pressure markedly decreased, and signs of poor peripheral perfusions and anuria. In cardiogenic shock, we have heart failure, and remember there are left-sided and right-sided heart failure, in which left-side heart failure causes pulmonary edema, whereas right-sided heart failure causes peripheral edema and increased JVD. In distributive shock, there is loss of vascular tone with erythematous warm skin despite hypotension. So your patients are warm but in shock. In full-blown shock,、um, you'll see altered mental status from your patients, and there is profound hypotension, tachypnea progressing to respiratory failure, which results in metabolic acidosis due to elevated lactic acid from、um, anaerobic metabolism. Mixed venous oxygen saturation decreases because of、uh, maximal tissue oxygen extraction, and this leads to multiple organ failure. And if treatment is delayed or not initiated,、um, this eventually goes to irreversible shock. Like I said before, there is no one single biological test to determine shock. So we tend to order a lot of、uh, lab tests, and they are、uh, fluid challenge of 20 cc per kilo of isotonic crystalloid. Unless the patient is in severe pulmonary edema from cardiogenic shock, CBC, coag, BMP, ABG, serum lactate,、uh, venous blood gas,、um, pen cultures, urinalysis, pregnancy testing in all women of childbearing age, type and cross for、um, possible transfusions. And、um, cardiac enzymes,、uh, just in case we're thinking cardiogenic shock. Okay, this is it for this episode. In next episode, we're going to discuss treatment of shock. Thank you for listening. My name is Ho Jun Yoon. This is Medicine on the Way. Feliz a quem se ama.